0: No!
1: Hello everyone, welcome to Mouth Off. This is the official podcast of HeyYouGuys.co.uk. My name's John Lyce and joining me as always, uh, Chief Editor of our site, Dave Stipplejack. And joining us again is our very special guest, Brendan Connolly from SlashFilm.com. Um... We have a couple of reviews that we're going to go through today, and then we're going to have a look uh, at the Oscars. Also, we're going to have a look at a bit of um, controversy that erupted on our site, uh, the notion of remakes and are sort of any films by, any, by a certain director beyond a remake. So um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Also, we're going to be bringing up the notion of 3D. So, chaps... The first one we're going to look at today, in what's been a pretty quiet week uh, before the Oscars, is Legion. Now, all I know about this is it's Paul Bettany, and he's got wings, and there's lots of fire, and that's about it. Dave, you've seen it, haven't you?
0: I have. And te- I have seen
1: okay, it. Okay, so tell us all about it. What's your take on Legion?
0: Well, it's got Paul Bettany, Dennis Quaid, Tyrese Gibson in there. There's a few other people that you'll recognize, but you may not know by name. Um, it basically tells a story of an angel who comes down to save Earth while a lot of other agents, a legion, some might say, uh, come down to try and destroy it. It's pretty rubbish. It's, it's pretty awful. Okay, uh, sounds high concept. Is there any sort of redeeming features about it? How's Paul Bettany in it? He's, he's all right. Uh, no one puts in an awful performance. There's a few shock, actually, have a lie. There's a few shocking, um, a few shocking lines in there. There's one of the characters. is called Jeep something. Jeep Hanson. Jeep Hanson played by Lucas Black. Um, he is uh, a chap who lives in the middle of nowhere with his dad, uh, Dennis Quaid. And they're looking after this lady who's pregnant. Uh, and Paul Bettany has to come down to basically protect the baby. It's basically like Terminator. Uh, only with angels instead of people coming from the future. But it's just a confused story, it's not going anywhere. Um, What about the
1: special effects, because it looks quite effects heavy on the trailers that we've seen.
0: Yeah, the special effects are all right. Um, and from looking at the film, I thought it was going to be like a hundred million dollar film, but according to Wikipedia, it was only 26 I say only, it's still 26 million dollars but in today's world where CGI heavy films seem to cost a fortune um, you know, with it wasn't three D at all actually, so that might be where they kept kept the cost down. But um twenty six million's quite a meagre budget, I guess, and uh it's already made double that, um, in America alone and it's out in the UK today, I think.
1: It is. Um, it's going up against Alice in Wonderland, which, you know, I think they're kind of catering for different markets there. Uh, I've got no interest in seeing Legion whatsoever. I like Paul Bernie a lot. I liked him particularly. Um, I remember seeing him in Gangster No. 1 all those years ago. And I just thought he was just fantastic. He's had a bit of a, you know, a couple of dodgy moments. Um, Wimbledon, I can't get out of my head whenever I see him. I just think Wimbledon. But I,
0: a- I saw him in a beautiful mind and I thought he was really good in that. Brendan, your thoughts? Paul Bettany generally I did quite like
2: him though he tends to be an absolute nonsense Um, the last thing I saw him in that I liked was Inkheart and I'm actually struggling to think of something else that that I could really recommend with him in What about um, Da Vinci Code? Do you think he was a good baddie? Not really I mean I think that film's just, just banal I don't think anybody's doing anything interesting
1: there, really. I, think I have to say I completely agree with you. And I think, I don't know if, if Gangster Lamp 1 was his, was his first film, but I think that was one of the first films he did. And he, it's kind of a breakthrough for him, wasn't it? It,
2: it really um, was. Uh, well, I mean, I've got to say, with Wimbledon, I mean, you know, there's a reason it's become quite definitive for him, really. It's because he, he, he was very, very well cast. He was much better cast than um, uh, Miss Dunst was, I think, to be honest. And I do think Wimbledon's actually a little bit better than people give it credit for. I think it's definitely very, very well shot. You got any plans to see Legion? You got any interest in it at all? Well, I'll see if it comes around. I mean, I'm not particularly looking forward to it or expecting much from it. Peter Shinky wrote the original screenplay, I spoke to him for quite a bit actually. We had a long chat. Um, because we both teach editing and we talked about that in, in different approaches to teaching editing really and a lot of our conversation didn't really focus on the film but it was interesting to note that when he wrote it it wasn't <laughs> angels coming down it was actually demons coming up from, from
0: hell. See, that would have made much more sense. The problem with this film um, is basically God has sent the angels because he's given up on the human race and it stands for one angel to stand against the rest of them to say, hang on a minute, God, you're making a mistake while all the others uh, come down and say, no, we'll do what God's told us to do. And I was like, "Let's." Well, this- ridiculous if it had been demons where they'd come to attack the hum- humanity and you know god has sent an angel down to protect us it would have made complete sense or, so it, the- theologically your problem yeah it was maybe similar. yeah i guess it is theologically
1: it is, but plus it would make a lot more sense and it sounds like it would have made a better film for it. So, OK, well, that sounds grand. Legion is out today. Go and see it if you fancy it. Um, and also, uh, if you have any interest in, in seeing Alice in Wonderland, which is also out today, um, you can go back and listen to last week's podcast because Brendan and I uh, took it apart, put it back together again. Pretty beau and everything was good. And we recorded our thoughts on it there. Um, no idea how well it's doing. Uh, how how well it will do in terms of box office? This, uh, this I've, I've got some clues. Go on then, brennan I've got us. some clues. It has sold out evening
2: screenings here in Oxford already, and uh, my slashroom colleague David Chen has found out that it's sold out up to four or five screenings a day already in his local cinema. Okay. So it's actually um, on both sides of the Atlantic. Seems to be shifting tickets.
1: Okay, well that's good. I mean, let's let's see what what kind of word of mouth comes out about it this weekend of course all the um, you know all, all the reviews have kind of come out last week and, uh, and they're sort of coming through just now people saying pretty much the same thing that we were talking about yesterday it's kind of an interesting take may not be what you expect um, but I think the combination of, of Burton and, and Disney um, works quite well if it's maybe a little uneven so uh, but do let us know if, if you've seen it if you agree with us then, uh, then then do let us know you can also get in touch with us with uh, the mouth off email address which is mouth off at hey you guys dot uk Okay, so that's Leaving and Alice. Chloe is the next film that we're going to be taking a look at, and you'll have to pardon me if I don't have complete recall. I actually saw Chloe, um, which is the latest film from uh, Atom um at the London Film Festival, which actually in, it was actually in last October, so it's been about six months since I've seen it. For me, it was probably the worst film that I saw. Having said that, I saw many, many, many good films, so it didn't reach a very, very high standard. Um, the basic plot involves julianne moore and liam neeson they're a married couple but things aren't going quite right julianne moore uh, suspects liam neeson of um, of having an affair she she happens to meet this uh this escort or this this call cool girl or whatever you want to call her and she basically pays her to seduce liam neeson and uh kind of see what happens uh, that's a very very basic uh, plot summary um one thing I do have to say about it, it looks just incredible. I have to say that it was filmed in Toronto and it looks absolutely beautiful. Um, the, the script was, it was pretty uneven. However, um, Julianne Moore did give a quite a good performance. Liam Neeson, this was actually filmed um, when Natasha Richardson, who was Liam Neeson's wife, um, had the accident and then subsequently, very sadly, died. And I think he actually had to take some time out and then come back into it. So, the, the notion of um, of knowing that that Liam Neeson you know was going through all of this while he was filming it I did I did add add a little something too which is not something that I usually look um, look at but his performance is quite is quite solid Amanda Seyfried who plays the uh, plays the escort the eponymous Chloe she uh, kind of does um, you know sweet seductive and crazy all in this, all at the same time and it's actually quite quite fun to sort of you know, pick out which one she's doing at uh, uh, the moment the problem for me came about three-quarters of the way through I'm not not going to give anything away, but um, Amanda Seyfried walks out of of, um, Julianne Moore's office and looks directly into the camera, not so much, you know, breaking the fourth wall or shattering it and then smacking you in the face uh, as the audience, and it kind of falls apart there, and the ending doesn't work for me at all. But um, it's kind of interesting if you're looking for a really beautifully shot, unhinged, crazy person uh, on the loose within someone's marriage, Brendan I know that you're a particularly big a fan. Are you looking forward to this one at all?
2: Yeah, I am actually. I am. I mean I'm a little alarmed by by that point you just made, but I would I would say it's very interesting, John. You've just listed a bunch of reasons to like the film and only one to not like the film. So i yeah, will be yeah. I'd be interested to see how uh, imbalanced like, it feels when I when I watch it and how powerful that moment actually uh it actually, is. Um, I don't know if you've seen the original movie Natalie. That this is a, a remake of, I but it seen was a, it, no. an older film by Anne Fontaine, who did the um, Coco Before Chanel movie that was, uh, you know, around last year. And um, it, it, I didn't think it was a particularly inspiring original, to be honest. I mean, I specifically went on my way to watch it because Aguilan was was remaking it. But he's he's very strong on what I think is sort of almost Hitchcockian, the sort of sense of uh, suspenseful interplay in romantic situations so he sort of combines murderous intent and malice with a sort of you know to give it a sort of a cheese cheese ball hook a sort of an erotic thriller sort of thing even in a way that it might feel like those really quite crummy er- erotic thrillers of the 80s and 90s but but sort of elevated somewhat um He's definitely very much interested in in point of view and and in the concept of narration and, and narrative and and how point of view can affect that. And, and I, I want to know really is that something that's being played
1: around with here? Because that doesn't really happen in the original. No, I have to say that's exactly um, exactly what what he is trying to do with it. The the problem for me, um, and it was uh, in, in in my review which I wrote like six months ago, I mentioned the fact that it was um, it was Hitchcockian in. Uh, in what it was doing in the sense that I remember that Hitchcock would um, would be able to to make the words "I love you" sound incredibly threatening and I love that that notion of of sort of turning things around and um, it going doesn 't didn't hit it for me. I mean, this is the first one of his that you know that I've seen, and don't get me wrong, the director's presence was um, was really strong. there. you could really tell that this guy had a had a, had a vision um, for what he wanted to do with these characters and this situation. But for me, when 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 the fourth wall started teetering a little bit, um, it kind of it kind of annoyed me. Took me out of it. That's not
2: something he's done before. Interestingly, this is the first of his films that he didn't write. This was um,
1: an adaptation written by Erin Cressida Wilson, who wrote Secretary, and I'm really not a fan of Secretary. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I I think um, everything that you mentioned from the the 80s and 90s erotic thriller, um, you know, the sort of Channel 5... 11 o'clock fair yeah. uh, the sort of stuff that um, mrs mark commode keeps writing all these big heavy heavy potential <laughs> well i haven't read any of those but it's exactly that kind of thing having said that um you know the performances are good and and it basically it's been six months since i've seen it and and like you said brendan i have listed quite a few reasons to to, to go and check it out it wasn't terrible um it didn't inspire me in the summer in the you know same way that some of the other films at the festival did so um maybe it was just bad timing for me but do check it out because that's out today i believe uh, do you they, think john ju- that it
0: wasn't as good just because you had seen so many other good things
1: yeah i, I think I, I was coming in from things like in education um
0: single man was there wasn't uh, it? single
1: no yeah and um, and you know the road whilst you know so, yeah, so many so many good films i saw so in quick succession and chloe was like a saturday morning uh, screening i think and it was just um it didn't live up to it for me uh you Check out my my review on the site because it's far more eloquent than I'm I'm explaining it here, and it might sort of persuade you one way or another. Um, Ah, the eternal podcast problem. John,
2: can can I ask, um, is there anything good that you saw at the festival that's still outstanding? Is there
1: anything we're still waiting for? Um, Single man. Chloe is, I think, probably the last – there's a prophet, white ribbon – I don't. I don't think that there is. Um, I I could be wrong. I might have to go back it's and check a, it. But always feels it, a little but sad but to me
2: when the you know London Film Festival season it is over. That like sort of four or five months later when they've all finally sort of come out.
1: Yeah, but it is quite weird because um, for the, for the for the last you know for the last couple of months I've been really you know looking forward to people seeing a lot of the films that are coming out. I remember you know an education blew people away and um, and I was talking about it to people and of course they hadn't seen it so it was, it was you know frustrating in that respect. But um, uh, Chloe coming out now I think um, I think that's certainly the end of my festival films and uh, you know I'm sad but there's always next year isn't there so
0: yeah well that's the thing is it's only six months away now I guess is it if it's six months yeah, since yeah you pretty last much to- <laughs> so
1: I can't wait for that and Dave are you interested on, we going start
0: on. going out to other
2: international festivals now. We'll start seeing the film yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Up in the Air, that was another one, wasn't it? That I mean, was Yeah, today?
1: yeah. but that came out recently, so yeah, yeah. Uh, quite a while ago. Um, okay, we're going to move on to, uh, to a couple of our features that we're going to be discussing right now, and actually it fits in quite nicely as Chloe was a, was a remake. Um, one of the news items that uh, you know, made, us, made us chat about, um, about film this week is the notion of uh, Will Smith, apparently is involved in a remake of Hitchcock's suspicion. Now, when I wrote the V uh, the news article up, there weren't that many um, uh, details and it's pretty fair to say that it was just, you know, uh, speculation with maybe a couple of, um, couple of bits of, uh, you know, proper news in there somewhere. But of course I hear the words Hitchcock and remake together. And I think of psycho, I think of the Gus Van Sant um, shop for shop remake. Um, and it, It didn't sit well with me at all, Um, but I kind of kept it, you know, under the lid um, for the the actual article. And then um, one of our writers on the site, Barry, actually wrote um, a defense of remakes pointing out that, um, uh, you know, films are very different, you know, in terms of their acting style, in terms of the way they were shot, in terms of what, can be done now with, with the stories and with all the, you know, CG and everything, Um, you know, sort of 50, 60 years ago to, to now. So he was kind of putting up a defense and that caused quite a lot of debate. Um, For me, there are certain films that I do not want to see, you know, be remade. However, I'm perfectly willing to accept that people want to do it. Uh, I think of Hitchcock. and I know he, you know, remade, you know, his own films, um, and I think of like the Gus Van Sant Psycho, I think of the Christopher Reeve TV movie through, you know, rear window. Um, but I can't see Suspicion being, I can see it being remade, I can see it being an inferior copy um, because of the people who were involved in the, uh, in the original. Guys, what do you think about the notion of, of remakes um, today? Obviously they're absolutely everywhere, but are there directors, are there films that you think are just never ever going to be remade? No Okay Brendan Tell us what you think About the Hitchcock (laughs) Suspicion remake Idea
2: Well I think You know Chances are It won't be as good As the original But chances are If I were to go And pull a random Film out of the You know The upcoming year's roster It won't be as good As the original Suspicion I mean, it's entirely possible to make a version of Suspicion that's better than the first one, better than Hitchcock. Of course it is. Will that happen? Probably not. Is it worth trying if you're sincere about it and you really think you're going to do that or you think you've got something to say? For me, a remake, what you're doing here is the creative people are just using the original as clay. They're taking it away and they're making something new. And when that works, when that really works... That's that's fantastic. It's just another piece of source material, like adapting from a book, like adapting from a play, like an original screenplay. It doesn't matter that it's an old film. The question is, is the new film any good or not? So, and
1: on, you bro, know, bro, I bro. mean, even the greatest film ever made could be improved. So, what about thing? I mean, because um, you um, you mentioned that. Um, you know, uh, people using the original as 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 clay. Do you think, um, especially with the, with the notion of recent recent remakes, say for example, the original film was maybe ten fifteen years old. Do you think that there's a, there's a time delay? Do you think that makes any difference at all? Are we just going to keep seeing these films? You know, I mean, when, it probably you know, does to the way that the public feel about it, but it doesn't to the quality of the
2: thing. I mean, they're talking about Scott Frank. Um, you know, he was developing a reboot for the. Uh, Planet of the Apes about I'd say six years after the last one they're rebooting Spider-Man now about what three years after the last one something like that yeah I don't think it really matters to the quality of the thing Um, it will matter to how people see it it probably will have an effect on the box office I mean I'm completely happy if somebody decides they want to you know five directors all want to go out and make a film based on the same script simultaneously and they all come out on the same weekend I'm happy for them to
1: do that as long as you know they're being sincere and they're trying to make a quality film. So do you think it's sincerity do you think that as long as their motive is sincere it's not just like you know getting uh, you know either the nostalgia factor or trying to get you know make a quick buck do you think that's that it's you know that should be celebrated?
2: Well, this is what makes me something of a sore thumb in, in the sort of film blogging community. I haven't really got any interest in nostalgia at all. Um, and a lot of the things people hold dear, they hold dear because of when they saw them. And if I were to say, well, I'm just going to say a sentence now, and I'm wondering what sort of... Uh, <laughs> I know you're going to
0: say. I can hey, guess.
2: What <laughs> about a remake
0: of The Goonies, mate? How do you feel about that? Uh, do you know what? I, the Goonies, I could see remade because it because it's kids basically on an adventure and i mean maybe not now because i'm nearly 30 but if i was uh 10 12 15 i'd, I'd want to see i love that sort of film um it's when i think of a film like back to the future and i think could that be remade because now there's all this cgi and they could make they could make it look a lot better but with the story it wouldn't have michael j fox in it it wouldn't have um you know doc brown in the same way um what's his name christopher, christopher lloyd thank you. Um, so, I couldn't ever see that being remade, but I could see the Goonies being remade.
1: So, okay, I'm going to ask a question here because I'm I'm kind of uh, hovering in between both the both of the opinions here. Are, are there any films that you would be very unhappy if they did remake?
0: No, mm, I'd I'd like to do. You know what, Karate Kid. I would say don't remake it. It's perfect. Too late, mate. Brendan won't laugh. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I know. know. But let me finish. Um, However, the new trailer came out. It was either at the very beginning of this week or the end of last. And it looks really good. And everyone on the... People are commenting on the website going, oh, man, they only had to go and make it good. That means I'm going to have to go and watch it now. Um, You know, it's got loads of nods to the original and... So maybe maybe if they did do a... Do you know what? If they did do a Back to the Future remake, I would still go and watch it.
1: Of course you would. But then, I mean, if, if it was a good film, then that's what I suppose, Brendan, what you're saying is then, you know, good for them. You know, just taking the original yeah, and making absolutely. something good. Okay. Absolutely. I, I don't care what your source material is. Just make a good film. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that while we're talking about this, I'm thinking about um, 12 Monkeys um, and where that came from. Uh, totally different, you know, it was like, um, it was Leggetti, wasn't it? And it was um, just still photographs. It was a a short film with still photographs. And out of that came something like 12 Monkeys. That's the kind of remake or, you know, um, film that's been inspired by something else that I like to see, something that's, you know, completely different. Um, There's a couple of different
2: kinds, (laughs) aren't there? I mean, there's 12 Monkeys, which really grows out of Mm. a germ of an idea. And it it transforms it, I mean, hugely. I mean, almost all of the details are completely different. Even the language of the film is completely different. Mm. Leggetti is made of um, still images. Um, I've got a dog. She barked. I hope you don't mind. No, no, <laughs> she, she can go um, on the podcast. She's got. A, she's got a, a comment me. <laughs> We're next <gonna laughs> week. I don't like to have monkeys. does not like monkeys. <laughs> um, so that's one way of um, uh, you know dealing with a remake. But then you got something like Vanilla Sky, where a lot of the uh, a lot of the moments are, are very very similar, and they're pointedly very similar, and they're specifically very similar. Cameron Crowe described that film as a cover version more than a remake, and I think he's onto something there.
1: Okay, no, I like the sound of that. I mean, remakes are, I mean, literally since, since you know, our site has been up, there's been at least one story every week about remakes, and people do get very defensive, in particular things like Let the Right One In, um, which, of course, was, uh, you know, widely, or not, maybe not widely celebrated, and certainly not very widely seen um, uh, film, uh, but people who did see it really loved it, and, of course, now there's the Matt Reeves, um, you know... Uh, not uh, quite a remake. Not quite a remake, yes.
2: I mean, it's an adaptation of the same source of material. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, In the way that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was an
1: adaptation of of the book, yeah, 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 absolutely. And Alice in Wonderland, I guess. Well, no, I
0: mean that—that's
2: not really even an adaptation of the book, is it? It's a different thing. Uh, Yeah, I
0: guess he's made Um, a hundred
2: or not. I'm a big supporter of of what they've done with with Alice. I don't think the film's perfect, but I I do think it's good, and I completely respect their decision to do what they want with it. One of the points that people have been raising is that why is it called Alice in Wonderland? And it's like, why does that matter? Mm. I don't care if it's called, like, Billy Buncombe's what, you know, who'd you flip? I mean, I I used to have this little problem with with galleries, right, where I'd go in and I'd look at a painting or I'd look at a picture and it'd be completely a mystery and enigma. And then there'd be a little label next to it that was a title. And it'd be, like, the juxtaposition in the image and the title created some sort of meaning. And I thought, well, come on, if you need text to to add meaning to your painting and your photograph, you're not really doing it right. If you need the title
1: of your film to tell people what it's about, Yeah. yeah, you've gone wrong. And I, I think I mean I was talking to a few people today about Alice. They really wanted to go and see it, and they were thinking, "Is it a kids' film? Is it, you know, is it a better adaptation than various other ones?" And I had to sort of say to them, "It's, it's, it's, it's not. It's a kind of a sequel, and they've just taken ideas and, and characters and and made something new of it." And they looked a bit unsure. I mean, I don't think that using the name Alice in Wonderland means that you're fooling anybody or deliberately going out of your way to try and, you know, get people into the cinema under false pretences. But I think people will be surprised, and in some way, I think that's that's actually quite a good thing. So um okay well that's that's our remakes um that's our remakes done one of the things, and this follows on quite nicely from, from Alice, uh, we're not going to go into a very big discussion on this because of course, I think it's been done to death, but, uh, this week, um, the observer, um, and the guardian newspapers got in contact with us and asked us to talk about 3d films. And is it the future of cinema?
0: And um, if you don't know, if you're in America, that's like a really big proper paper and everything in the it's UK. Proper paper. It's proper, a proper
1: paper. Proper paper. Yeah. I mean, it veers slightly to the left, which suits me just fine. Now I was very happy to go along and be film talking, uh, talking to their film editor, um, about that, you can actually see the um, the clip of uh, it was me, um, a chap called Jonathan Cresswell from uh, British Gaming, and also uh, Matt Boczenski from Little White Lies. We were talking about um, you know how three Ds uh, being used in in Avatar and in Alice, and um, and what it means for the future of the industry. So check it out on the site here and, and do add your comments because I mean this is the kind of um, this is the kind of conversation that we'll just carry on going. So um, that's a bit of a plug for for something that we did this week. Okay, we are two days away, gentlemen, from the Oscars now it's the 82nd Academy Awards I think um, and uh,
2: 80 seconds
0: but yeah. four and a half hours <laughs> <like Yeah>. <laughs> it would that's how long the nominations took exactly probably not that long yes this is the 82nd time
1: that it's been uh, that it's been held of course people are saying it's the Avatar, it's the Hurt Locker who's, who's going to win it we're not going to go through every single one but guys I just wanted to get your, your opinions two days before before the event do the Oscars mean anything to you are you going to be tuning in are you going to be you know excited about who wins what do you think dave let me hear about you
0: yeah well i'll definitely be tuning in i'm going to an oscars party and everything which should be quite fun Um, (laughs) i'll also be tweeting the whole night long it is good i think it keeps these film industries on their toes you know if they want to get noticed i mean the problem with them is that not always the right films get noticed um we you can listen to a previous podcast i think it was a couple ago um, where we discussed what should have made it and, um, and what didn't. Um, but it is good for the industry. It's also good for the audience when some of these comical speeches come out, all uh, the emotions come, but it, uh, has Avatar got it? I'm not sure it has.
1: Uh, OK, so Brendan, um, tell me what you think about the Oscars. Do you have a routine? Well, my Oscars routine starts with me taking a little
2: bit of sulphur off the end of the matchsticks because it would be terrible if you get that in your eyes and then making the most caffeinated drinks I can possibly get my hands on. Because it's a long haul, right? We're in the UK.
0: People have got to remember, it starts at like 1 or 2 a.m. Yeah, 1 a.m. we've got to get... That's when it starts.
2: Well, 1 a.m. I think is when they start parading people down the, the red carpet. And no, saying, no,
0: no, you're right. I think yeah. that's at half ten, half shoes. ten is the carpet. And then you've got 1 a.m. is the actual show. So, so that means it finishes at like 4 or something crazy.
2: I think 1 a.m. is the special, special, special part of the telecast carpet show you know, like they have this uh, special first minute countdown it'll be one thirty that you actually start
1: okay. seeing uh, your big double oh. act on stage uh, no who is it this is it's Alec Baldwin and um, Steve Martin isn't it that's it, that's, it. Okay. that's
2: not bad that's not a bad pair but I loved Hugh Jackman I thought he did a great job I really liked last year's
1: show and I liked most of the changes and they've just, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I I know that he turned it down again, but I'm not sure, um, if people are going to be happy or disappointed. I mean, the presenters for me always did seem to make a, a huge difference for it. Um, and I have to say that, in in complete contrast to the battles, which I felt this year was incredibly flat, um, certainly in the broadcast um, the version that was actually shown, because they cut most of the good bits out, and um, none of the
0: jokes were funny as well. And, and none it? of
1: the jokes were funny. Absolutely, I think it was. Um, you know, the Oscars. There always seems to be um, an incredible, an incredible. Well, it's like a home team playing in this. You know, in their hometown, isn't it? It's like a, and I think. Um, the people will will be tuning in from all over the world. Will certainly be, you know, um, Dave will be at his party and I'll be at home. Uh, with my massive cup of tea trying to... Live blogging. Live blogging. Um, Are you live blogging it, are you, John? uh, Yeah, I am, and that's going to be good fun, because I really enjoyed doing the BAFTAs, because it meant that um, I didn't actually get to see much of the BAFTAs. I could hear most of it in in my (laughs) headphones as I was typing away and uh, saying things like, oh, Colin Firth, you know, he's standing up and everything. And I had this big thing in my head about, you know, it's great to see Colin Firth doing really, really well, and after so many years of this, you know, winning the award and giving a great speech, in the end, all I could write was, Colin Firth has won, enter. And that was it. So, um, Cut
2: and paste, mate. Cut and paste. No, this was in yeah. my head. I couldn't do anything else. I was just so prepare right? a bunch of live blogs. <laughs> so what, what They in inverted commas by any chance? Yeah, yeah they yeah.
0: were. I actually did it in the room as well. <laughs> okay. And um, we've also up. we got Tom Perkins, our new um, video correspondent, as we've called him. Is going to be doing a live video show pretty much all night so he'll be uh either tuning into john's live updates and then talking about them in front of a live camera uh and we'll embed that on the website in a separate post post so you can um, ask him questions and get reactions from him and stuff so it should be we're hoping it can be a completely interactive evening that you'll watch it on tv L- listen to us uh, if you can do both at the same time um and um, hopefully we'll have some photos the day after as well for you it's, And it's,
2: uh, tom perkins it's going to be a bit like chat roulette but a little bit less random isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it, one out of six times that I turn on the page is he going to be sat there naked
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope not thank goodness I won't be watching I, well, think, I, might. I think
1: there's every chance that, I mean I actually tuned into Tom's show um, last night he does it every Thursday and um, it was uh, it was really really good fun I really like the interaction between you know this sort of you know chat blog tv i think it is um you know gives you so if you are interested uh, and you want to see tom uh, deliver his views and also you know you can ask him questions and then, then then do check it out because uh even though we are here in the uk uh we always staff and watch the oscars and i think it's uh you know it's 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 a, the biggest night you know certainly certainly for hollywood to sort of pat themselves on the back and uh i mean predictions i guess are we all thinking bigger love for director and avatar for best picture are we thinking that's the way it's going to go
2: yeah. Hegelo for director, certainly. There's been a big upset this week, hasn't there? I mean, everything seems to have gone a little bit wrong in the Hurt Locker camp. Um, one of the producers sent an email around. It was rather pleading, which is fine. But he made disparaging comments about Avatar, which is not. So he's been told he can't come along.
0: They've and... decided already who's won, though, haven't they, by now?
2: Well, no, well, see, they won't see, because there was a massive amount of ballots walking on Tuesday... Very late voting, very late voting this year. I think deliberately late as
1: well. I mean, that's the thing I I got the impression was that, you know, all all of this stuff is, I mean, uh, Brendan, I assume you're going to mention the fact that that someone is now suing the producers of the Hurt Locker.
2: Basically, there's an army sergeant suing the producers of the Hurt Locker because they're saying that they are um, in an unauthorised way using elements of his life. And that the main character, which is a bit of a funny concept in a film like The Hurt Locker, but I suppose you can pluck a a protagonist, um, is, you know, based upon him and that certain personal details of his life are very closely echoed. Um, it's a difficult one to call because a lot of people who do what this chap's done, a lot of the personal details of their lives are all going to be the same, aren't they? I mean, they've all been submitted to a lot of similar circumstances, um, uh, on the other hand, I don't know. Mark Bowell is a, uh, something of a, of a researcher and a, a sort of a quasi-documentarian at heart, I think, in the sense that he wants to put a lot of real-life information and detail in there. So, so maybe he did use um, uh, Mr. Mr. Sava, I believe, as the basis here. But, um, you know, should that hurt the film's chances
1: on Sunday night? Yeah, it probably just lends it a little a little sheen of authenticity actually it might even help it yeah yeah i think so i mean yes it's 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 been a bad week but um you know I, I can't see it affecting it you know particularly badly in in the sense that i think Dave is right i think people have either made up their minds already or they've just voted i think um uh that's certainly what what, what it's going to be for for best film best director um are we thinking supporting actors is it, it going to mirror the baftas do you think
0: i think so yeah christoph Watts all the way
2: Oh, I sincerely hope so. I'll be absolutely distraught if he doesn't get it. I've got to say, when Mickey
1: Rourke lost out to Sean Payne last year, that still hurts, actually. When I think back on that, it's just like a robbery. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there have been many, many, um, you know... Uh... But, but
2: I mean, you know, I mean, if it happens, if it happens with Volts, it's the same thing, but sort of like squared, you know? I mean, I think his performance is not only the best, best performance by a bloke in a film last
1: year one of the best performances by Blake in years. Yeah, it really, really is. And I think there's absolutely no way that... I mean, and people, the other people who are nominated in, in that category, there's just... You sort of look at it and think, yes, they did solid work, but Christoph, Waltz, I think he was just he was just outstanding. I think maybe that's the only one that Tarantino's going to win. Um,
0: it's right from the get-go, that film. You know, literally, as soon as the film starts, when as soon as he gets out of the car, his performance is immaculate the whole way through. I think it's... It, it, yeah... Completely yeah. agree with Brent.
1: And, and the best thing about about his performance is that he can go from being uh, charming um, to incredibly sinister in just a, in, in just uh, you know a couple of seconds in in a sort of a, a look that lingers a bit too long. Do you know what I mean? And then the menace kind of comes to the surface, even though nothing on his face has changed. Mm. And also, so he's a, heart- lot well. a lot of yeah absolutely it's very funny we've got to give Sally Menke a lot of
2: credit for this though because her, her timing and the editing is, is impeccable and she's yeah. obviously played some part in constructing the, the
1: performance yeah 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 absolutely but the thing I, I, I most liked is the fact that, that as um, as Hans Lander Christopher Ford was able to to be outlandish and to be crazy and almost a bit like a buffoon at the same time there was so much going on in that performance so um, I haven't seen Precious so I can't talk about Monique at all I, I have yes Brendan, we're not going to go down that route again I don't think um, suffice say. Say that, um but okay. Put it put it this way, Brendan. We, we know one know your feelings on press aren't aren't the most complimentary. But do you think Monique deserves this?
2: No. Do I quite like her? Yes. Do I want somebody who is in Irish Jam to win an Oscar? Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, if it, I mean, if she, like, I mean, then they can put like featuring Academy Award winner
1: Monique on the front of the Irish Jam box. That's going to that. be the best thing ever. <laughs> Well, that that looks like it's it's, it's going to happen. Um, we've got, um, uh, I think it's ten films this year, isn't it? So are uh, we all yeah, agreed that Avatar's going to win? Going to win that one?
0: It should do. Come on! It's the biggest film ever made. It's the I wouldn't say it's the best film ever made, but it's got to win it.
2: Best film of the last five years, though. Somebody said once in my ear. Um, I, I I don't. I'm not sure it's going to win. What do you Harvey think? Weinstein's running around saying "Glorious Bastards" is going to win because because the um, you know the unhappy couple have split the vote, the unhappy ex couple sure. have split the vote somewhat, um, and a few people have claimed that actually he's not the only one. I well,
1: I can't I can't see it,
2: but it's it's probably the third most
1: likely contender. That's quite tantalising to think, isn't it? What if um you know Inglorious Bastards was was the one that yeah that jumped left field a bit wouldn't yeah it? really wouldn't I think I'll that, be running around jumping about if that happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you video that? <laughs> yeah, we'll put that up on the on the site if Brendan does actually do that. But um, it's I mean I'll I'll I, do a footer whacking, <laughs> please don't don't Okay, um, that's a little Alice in joke there. People <laughs> who have seen it then you're bound to get that. Okay, so that I mean that's gonna be our, our Oscars preview. I mean I think there's there's a very good chance that once the Oscars have happened and once we've had a bit of a chance to sleep again after after Sunday night, Monday morning, um that we will come back and do maybe another um a shorter you know version of the podcast just to do a kind of a, of an Oscars roundup because I think special it's be,
0: edition if a you special
1: will. edition if I will and I will. Um <laughs> so Brendan if you're around for that then that would be great to get your take on I love on it. Here. You can call it like the mouth off Topsy. Mini right. Mouth Off. Topsy. Mini Mouth Off. was quite Mini nice. Okay, <laughs> that's it, guys. You just witnessed <laughs> magic there. Uh, okay, so, um, guys, that's that's pretty much it for for today and, and for this edition. Is there anything else that you know floating around the ether that you want to be uh, talking about? I'm surprised we're not talking about this poster quote.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, no, you, we need to get that in there. That, okay. So, a film called Cut, which uh, is a new British independent film. Um, it stars Zach galligan who you may recognize from gremlins as uh, billy um and hey you guys has uh, its first ever quote on a poster and we're rather proud of the fact uh, you can see the poster on the website um and the film is out on monday and what my reviews on the quote, website as well what's the quote saying this film could scare you big time or
1: something no, like. freak you out isn't it i think this movie <laughs> the best thing is that leaves it up to the uh, to the audience to kind of work out which way to take it. But um, you know that was actually quite a quite a big moment for us, as, as as I'm sure people who have been reading the site for a while know. Dave and I uh, didn't really know what was going to happen with the site when we set it up, and we've always sort of set milestones for ourselves, and um, we would joke about you know getting to a screening and then that you know that that would be it. So to get um at, you know our name and part of our review on on a poster actually means quite a lot and. Um, uh you know so um that just kind of shows where where we're heading and uh, you know hopefully you, you'll see posters all over you know all over the place with hey you guys uh, quotes on them um so uh, but do you know check check it out on the site and then if if you're in the mood for a one take horror film uh then uh, then go and buy the uh, go and buy the DVD that's
2: actually got about 17 takes in it because there's actually
0: 14, the that's 14. is um, it yeah oh, no gonna... no there's only yeah there's that little bit there but, um, yeah, no, they did that. So the first few minutes are all uh, are cut like a normal film would be, but then 70 minutes of it is all one take with one camera all the way through. Oh,
1: supposedly. Okay, one so. take. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, I haven't I haven't seen it myself. Um, Dave, you have seen it. Does, does it work or is it a
0: bit gimmicky? Yeah, no, it's clever. Uh, check out the review on the website, I think. Um, okay.
1: Okay, so that's that's everything for uh, for our for our show tonight. Um, like I said, we may have a, a mini mouth off special edition of the podcast out. Hopefully, Monday, Tuesdays, kind of giving all our news um, or our reviews of the uh, of, of the Oscars. Um, uh, Dave, Brendan, it's been it's been a, an absolute pleasure. Obviously, you can check out our site howyouguys.co.uk or get in touch with us at mouthoff at howyouguys.co.uk or follow us on Twitter twitter.com forward slash hey you guys blog um brendan you're on slash film.com um particularly for those people interested in in, in the uk uh, cinema brendan there was another uh, slash film uk column that was posted today and there was a lot of good stuff in there and that's every friday so do uh, do do keep uh, checking uh, slash film.com out um uh, and i believe that's it chaps so thank you very much and uh, we'll see you again next week